I'm Taylor, and welcome to the TD Nutrition Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the TD Nutrition Podcast. This episode is all about chronic dehydration. It's much more common than you think. You may think, oh, I don't have a problem with that. You know, I drink plenty of water every day. Um, But there's lots of things that are very dehydrating in our daily diet that we don't even realize. And so all these dehydrating factors end up far outweighing the hydration we're doing. So um, I'll cover, you know, what exactly contributes to chronic dehydration. Um, I'm going to talk about why you should want to get hydrated. I'll talk about hydration and our mental health. And then I'll give some tips for hydrating as well. Most of us are chronically dehydrated. Like I said, it's more common than we realize, even if we don't realize it or we don't feel very thirsty. There are many things that contribute to dehydration, and when you combine many of those different things together, our bodies never have a moment to catch up and rehydrate. So a lot of times we're constantly in this deficit of being dehydrated. So what contributes to chronic dehydration? First is high-fat diets. Fats don't provide our body with hydration. Even if you don't think you eat that many fats in your diet, but say you eat a high-protein diet, then I'm sorry to say, but you're eating a high-fat, or yeah, a high-fat diet. And this is because every single protein source also contains fat. And that goes for animal-based proteins and plant-based proteins. So sometimes when people are plant-based or vegan, they kind of think that they're excluded from that, but that's actually not the case. And if you want to learn more about that, I do have an episode all about protein, and that would be something you would definitely want to listen to to learn more um, about protein and how it's constantly attached to some fat. And obviously some protein sources do have less fats than others, but if you're eating a high-protein diet, then you're also eating a high-fat diet. And when you eat this way, our bodies become really dehydrated quickly and our blood begins to thicken. And whatever hydration you are consuming, in addition to that high protein diet, it won't be enough to counteract all the fat and protein that's coming in. So ideally, you would want to lower your fat and protein intake, and this will allow your body to fully hydrate. And you can try to drink as much water or juice as you want but it's not gonna be enough to counteract. So the biggest solution is lower your fat and protein intake in your diet. The next contributor is toxins. Toxins like heavy metals, radiation, viruses, and DDT all dehydrate us. And we're exposed to all of these things whether we realize it or not. Sometimes I will hear from people, well, no, I'm not really, I don't really have any toxins. I don't have to worry about that. And I'm like, well, you know, if you're, alive and breathing, we're exposed to toxins because there's toxins in the air that are completely out of our control that we breathe in every day and they do accumulate in our body and then those dehydrate us. So then we need to make sure that we're doing things to help hydrate and flush those toxins out. And so like eating a high fat diet slash high protein diet thickens our blood and those toxins will not get to be flushed out if we're doing that. So Toxins kind of goes with a high fat, high protein diet as well. So in order to help your body detox, lowering your fat and protein intake will help your body detox. 
The next contributor of dehydration is bacteria and viruses. Epstein-Barr virus, which is also known as mononucleosis, or mono is probably how you've heard it referred to, it thrives in an environment with little oxygen. And when you're dehydrated and the blood has less oxygen, Epstein-Barr virus is able to thrive and cause issues. And Epstein-Barr virus can cause things like Lyme disease, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, and MS. And even bacteria. You don't want to give bad bacteria in your body an opportunity to overgrow either. So that will thrive in a less oxygenated environment. The next contributor is dehydrating drinks. And this includes caffeine drinks like soda, coffee, matcha, green tea or other caffeinated teas, wine, alcohol, and kombucha. If you drink plenty of water in between your coffees every day, your body is still going to be in a hydration deficit. So sometimes I'll hear from clients, well, you know, I drink a coffee in the morning and the afternoon, but then I drink tons of water in between both of those. Or I drink a coffee every morning, but I drink a ton of water the rest of the day. And even if you're doing that, even if you're drinking plenty of water in between your coffees every day, your body is still going to be in a hydration deficit. And the only way to start making up for that is to take total breaks from caffeine. So you would want to think about giving your body two to three days in between caffeine intake. And even better yet, give yourself a few months to fully recover and get hydrated and then add caffeine in once a week, twice a week. Something that's not overdoing it. Um, You don't have to cut it out fully if you don't want to, but if you are kind of toying with the idea of cutting it out because you know it's not great for you, then I would say go for it. And I also have an episode all about caffeine and the impact that it does have on our body. Um, And it does a lot more harm than it does good. Um, But caffeine has been around since ancient times. It's a ceremonial thing. Um, But I think thinking about it in that perspective as being a ceremonial thing means it shouldn't be something we indulge in every day. We don't need to have it every day, but it can be something fun that we do once in a while. And this way, then your body won't ever become too dehydrated. Your body will be adequately hydrated in between those periodic caffeine intake times. The next contributor of dehydration is salt. We encounter high levels of salt in the foods that we eat every day, especially if you're getting takeout or eating foods from packages. Takeout, like restaurant food and packaged food is so overly salted. And the salt that's overly sprinkled on restaurant dishes or in packaged foods, it's not even the salt that our bodies need to function. And this type of salt hinders any effort for our body to get hydrated. Because sometimes I'll hear the argument, well, doesn't our bodies need salt? And yes, having the right sodium levels in the body is very important. And the sources of the right kind of sodium can be found in foods that are rich in mineral salts. So this would be things like celery, spinach, cucumbers. The mineral salts in these foods give your body sodium that doesn't dehydrate your system. So it's kind of like saying that fruit sugar is different than processed sugar. So mineral salts in vegetables is different than the salt we put on our foods. You can't get mineral salts in a package. You have to get it from vegetables. So snacking on things like celery sticks, cucumber slices, radishes, and other sodium-rich veggies is a great way to bring this essential mineral salt into your diet. 
and that is not going to dehydrate you. And you can get an adequate amount of sodium in your diet by just eating those foods if you didn't want to use any added salt in your cooking or anything like that. I personally don't cook with salt. I never put salt on anything. The downside of that is if I eat something from a restaurant, I can tell it's so overly salted. Most people are kind of numb to the fact that things can be overly salted because everyone's taste buds are so used to high high amounts of salt in their food that they don't even realize it anymore. But once you kind of cut down on that, you start to realize how much added salt there is to things. And then when most of us are eating out, are eating packaged foods, we're getting so much added salt that's just dehydrating our system. The next contributor of dehydration is cooked foods. And I don't want you to think I'm saying cooking your food is bad because it's not, but eating cooked foods is a little is dehydrating on our system. And so if you eat a diet that only consists of cooked foods, that will keep you dehydrated. Cooked foods force your body to pull liquid from different organs and cells to help break those foods down. And this is because when you cook foods, you're cooking some of the moisture, the natural water content in it out. So then our bodies need to bring some of that back in to break it down. And this doesn't mean that cooked food is bad, but it's helpful to balance cooked food with raw fruits and veggies. So try to figure out a ratio of raw to cooked foods that feels good in your body because that's probably going to be different than what feels good for me. Um, a, A good rule of thumb to kind of start with is have a meal that's 50% raw food and 50% cooked food. Cooked food. So some examples of this could be um, steamed potatoes with a side of leafy greens. If you follow me on social media, you saw that I cooked my potatoes that I grew in my garden and I steamed them and then I did roast them in the oven for a little bit to get them crispy. And I just had those with a bed of butter lettuce. I kind of ended up mixing them together and eating them together. But that was a way to have that good 50-50 ratio. Um, Another example would be having some steamed or sauteed veggies, um, whether it's sauteed bell peppers and onions, and you could serve that with like some guacamole that has lime juice, cilantro, red onions, um, and maybe some leafy greens with that. Um, If you're someone who eats animal protein, you could try a piece of wild-caught salmon with leafy greens on the side or fresh topped vegetables on the side. So there's ways you can do it. It's just we often don't think about pairing raw veggies with cooked food. It's like we do one or the other. We have a meal with all raw veggies or we have a meal with all cooked food. But kind of mixing that together is really important. Or something else you can consider is maybe your breakfast and your lunch is all fresh fruits and veggies. And then for dinner is the one meal that you have only cooked foods or something like that. Um, That would be okay. I mean, ideally, you want to have a little bit of both. Well, if you're going to have cooked, you're going to want to have raw anyway at that meal because it helps with digestion. But if you did keep two out of the three of your meals all raw and then decide to have an all cooked meal at the end of the day, it wouldn't be the end of the world. But just starting to bring some attention to how you balance out your meals when it comes to cooked versus raw. And meals that are balanced like this, they help you to stay hydrated um, because the raw portion of the dish, like I said, it'll help offset some of the cooked foods that you're eating that may be a little dehydrating. And cooked soups, they can be healthy and healing in many ways, but just remember that they don't provide hydration because it is all cooked. Sometimes we'll drink like broths and things thinking it's hydrating us, but remember the sodium that's in broths is typically like sea salt or salt it's not mineral salts like I mentioned before 
The next contributor of dehydration is bone broth. And I got a lot of hate for this on social media. People were really jumping all over me for bone broth. People really like their bone broth. Um, and it's just a current health fad. And there's not a whole lot of evidence to back up that it's healthy for you. I mean, people say it has collagen, but there's no science that shows that your body absorbs that collagen. Um, and bone broth is extremely dehydrating. So there's really no benefits that you're getting from it. But if you're someone who's like, I can't take it out of my diet, I have to keep it in, then that's fine. You just would want to consume lots of fresh juices every day and eat fresh fruit and veggies as well. Um, things like celery juice, cucumber juice, um, smoothies, and just snacking on fresh fruit and veggies all day. A lot of times too, bone broth contains vinegar. So if you make it yourself, don't add vinegar in it. Leave that out. Because um, there's a misconception that vinegar, vinegar can help extract um, the nutrients from the bones better um, than using, say, like a high quality water. And actually, high quality water alone does a better job of drawing out nutrients than vinegar does. And you would never want to use tap water. Tap water contains a lot of heavy metals, typically chlorine. So you would want to use a high quality water, ideally like a spring water. Um, and if you do use your tap water and you're filtering it, you want to make sure you have a really good filter that you're running that water through because most filters don't filter out all the toxins. They'll usually only filter out the chlorine, but then you're still left with lead, copper, and other things. Um, like Brita filters, they don't filter out very many of the toxins. So you'd want to find one um, that does a better job. And in fact, there is one on my website. If you go to the products page, there is a picture with a filter. It's kind of like a Brita, but it's not. And it, that filter does filter out all the heavy metals, fluoride, and um, chlorine from your tap water. The next contributor of dehydration is sun exposure. Now, sun exposure is not bad. I did do an episode about sunscreen and our and I talked about the sun. It was about sun care. Um, and we do need sun exposure. We need to go in the sun without sunscreen on for a little bit every day so our body can make vitamin D on its own. It's really, really important. But if we're out in the sun for extended periods of time, it can start to dehydrate us. So I was just on vacation in Mexico and I was in the sun every day for like five days for five hours every day. And that is an extended time in the sun. But in situations like that, staying on top of hydration is important and not just hydrating with water, hydrating with things that contain natural electrolytes. Um, and I don't mean sports drinks because sports drinks just use salt, not mineral salts, um, in them and they actually end up being more dehydrating. Um, so things like fresh coconut water, you could mix in some regular water with your hydration as well. Um, and then also fresh juices. So I would have coconut water and then I'd have like pineapple juice or it was pineapple mango juice and cucumber apple juice and then plain water. So I had a variety of different things to hydrate. And then on top of that, I was eating lots of fresh fruit. So my, I was staying adequately hydrated while I was in the sun. And it's funny because it wasn't until I got home and I started thinking about it as I was prepping for this episode. And I was like, I really didn't use the restroom hardly at all during the day. Normally, like when I'm at home on like a normal work day um, and I'm eating fruits and drinking juices, like I have to get up and use the bathroom pretty often. Um, but my body was absorbing all of that hydration so fast, I'm sure, because I was in the sun and because it was pretty warm outside as well. So 
Keeping in mind, sun exposure can dehydrate us and just making sure that you're hydrating while being in the sun. And it could be snacking on fresh fruit, fresh veggies, drinking fresh juices, um, and some water as well. But adding a little bit of a deeper hydration with the fresh fruits, fruits and juices help, helps um, than, than just plain water. And then the last contributor of dehydration I'm going to talk about is medications. Many prescription drugs and medications, they're really harsh on the liver and cause dehydration. So if you take medications daily or, you know, some sort of prescription drugs and by medications, sometimes I am referring to Tylenol, Advil, you would still want to hydrate in addition to that because it is something that the liver has to process. Um, So making sure you're drinking plenty of water, eating fresh veggies, fruits, things like that. So let's talk about why you should want to get hydrated. You want to stay hydrated because if you don't, our blood can thicken, thicken, kind of like I mentioned um, when I was talking about high-fat diets. And once you develop thick blood, it becomes really tough on the heart to bring fresh, clean blood from the liver and then get that fresh blood to the rest of the body. And over time, this can prematurely wear out the heart. Thick blood can also set you up for a lot of different health issues like liver problems, kidney problems, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, strokes, transient ischemic attacks. This is TIA. This is what um, Haley Bieber suffered from, so like a mini stroke. Heart attacks. The risk for cancer is also extremely higher for people with thick blood because there's less oxygen circulating throughout the body. When there's less oxygen throughout the body, it's hard for our body to detox. If someone has thick blood, as they age, the risk for major health issues increase. And if you have thick blood, you won't benefit from detoxing or exercising. And so in order to start benefiting from detoxing and exercising, you need to cut out the things I mentioned that make your blood thick and dehydrated, right? So you want to reduce your Um, protein and fat intake. You would want to cut out excess salt. All those things will help to fully hydrate, cut out caffeine. All of that will help you to become fully hydrated and help your blood to thin out again and become more oxygenated so that then your body is able to detox and then you're able to get the benefits from exercise because your heart's not going to benefit from doing cardio if it's already stressed out because you have thick blood. So in order to get the benefits from exercise, Think about thinning out your blood. And it's crazy because you can even tell when someone has thick blood and they have a lot of fat in their blood because if someone has to do lab work and their blood is sitting in a vial for a while, the fat will separate out of the blood and you'll have this layer of fat sitting on top and then the blood on the bottom. And it's really gross if you think about that. Like that was mixed together flowing through your veins. So it's a great reason to really focus on reducing fats and getting your blood to be more oxygenated. And if you have thick blood, your your body is also highly acidic, which makes it harder for your body to heal from injuries or even illnesses. And as a, as a person becomes more and more dehydrated, their blood just continues to get thicker and thicker. So that's why it's important to be like, oh, I'm probably dehydrated. A lot of these things, these things I do, like if you do eat a high fat diet, if you do drink coffee, then you then you should know, Okay, I am dehydrated. I need to do something about that. And then detoxing. So if you're properly hydrated, your body can remove toxins and poisons from your liver, kidneys and other parts of your body. And detoxing is always a great thing. And 
you don't even have to put a ton of effort for your body to do some detoxing on its own. Yes, there are ways you can do a little bit more intense detoxing, but if your blood's thin enough and you're able to get hydrated, then your body can flush out some toxins on a day-to-day basis, which is good. That's what we want. We never want to get backed up to where our bodies can't expel toxins. Now we're going to talk about hydration and mental health. If you suffer from anxiety, panic attacks, depression, or some other mental illness, it's extremely important that you stay hydrated. If your body is dehydrated, your blood thickens, and all of these issues can get worse. And why does your do these issues get worse if your blood thickens? This is because when your blood is thick and there's less oxygen, you don't have efficient blood flow to your brain, bringing oxygen to your brain. So then these symptoms, the symptoms of these issues kind of start to get exacerbated. And so if you suffer from any neurological problem or you're under intense stress, hydration is critical and it will really help you to lessen those symptoms. By staying hydrated and ensuring that your blood is adequately hydrated, resulting in thin oxygenated blood, and you have good blood flow, which means you have good blood flow to the brain, improving your mental health and any symptoms that you may experience. So if you struggle with mental health issues, really ask yourself um, if you think your blood could be thick and that you're dehydrated. Look at your fat intake, look at your caffeine intake, look at your salt intake, all these things. And I'm going to keep repeating it, but it's because I think sometimes we really don't sit down and look at that. So here are some tips for getting hydrated. So when it comes to hydrating, most people, we already know, reach for water, grab water. People will keep water on their desk. People have, I think, pretty much gotten the hang of like, okay, I need to drink water all day long. But you, one, you want to make sure it's high quality water. So if there's traces of chlorine in the water, it can that can make it actually dehydrating. So if you're drinking tap water, you're just further dehydrating yourself. So like I said, make sure you have a good filter if you're going to drink your tap water. Um, so go check my website for one. Um, spring water is going to be the best water to drink. That's the best type of bottled water um, or filtered water, spring water. Um, and you can buy spring water um, at most grocery stores. My personal preference for spring water is Mountain Valley spring water because it's glass bottled. So then I don't have to worry about the toxins from the plastic getting into my water. Um, but you can go and look and choose for yourself. There, There's a couple other brands that also come in glass bottles. Um, I can't think of them right now, but I have seen them. So there are some options if you didn't want to buy water that comes out of a plastic bottle. The next thing you could do to help get hydrated is fresh juices. Pretty much any fresh juice will help you get hydrated. You can't really go wrong. Some of the top ones would be cucumber juice um, and coconut water. Those would probably be the top two because they have... Um, great electrolyte content. Cucumber juice helps to thin your blood and that supports your heart and um, the energy that it's exerting to keep you healthy. Uh, Lemon water is also great at hydrating um, and you can add fresh lemon to the water bottle you keep on your desk. That will help add a little bit, an extra component to the plain water that helps make it a little more hydrating than just drinking plain water. So say you drink tap water and you decide to get a really good filter for your tap water, then add some lemon to it. That will help make it um, a little more hydrating. Um, And play around with some juices that you'd want to try. You could do juice some grapes. Fresh grape juice is amazing. Um, Try, you know, pineapple mango juice. That's a combination I love this time of year. Um, you could do orange juice, you could do tangerine juice. 
anything that you want to try. Dra- dragon fruit juice. I've never juiced dragon fruit um, in my juicer yet, but it's something that I'm wanting to try. Um, and so kind of have fun with it. Like it's really fun to try different, different juice combinations or juicing a fruit that you didn't think about juicing. Um, so it doesn't have to be um, boring drinking fresh juices. Another thing you can do to help hydrate you is eating more fresh raw veggies. You can slice cucumbers onto things that you eat or even have it as a snack on the side. Um, You can create like a raw pasta dish. And instead of using pasta noodles, you can get some spiralized cucumbers. And that's a way to add some raw veggies to a meal. Another tip is to have more fresh fruit daily. And this has tons of health benefits, including hydration, but also some other great benefits as well. And know that you don't have to drown yourself in water to stay hydrated. I think that, again, like I said a second ago, I think we think that's what we have to do, just drown ourselves in water and we'll be fine. But we do need to change it up a little bit. Um, And adding water is great, but having plenty of fresh fruits and vegetables is equally as important. And if you're eating plenty of fresh fruits and veggies, and getting in some fresh juices, you really only need to drink about one and a half to two liters of water daily. And this combination would actually get you to a gallon of liquid because a lot of times we hear, oh, you should drink a gallon of water daily. And I like to think of it more so as, well, you should drink a gallon of liquid daily. It shouldn't all be water, but a gallon of liquid. So that liquid can include cucumber juice. It can include pineapple mango juice. It can include lemon water. It can include plain water. And if you're eating fresh fruits and veggies, that does contain water content. It's a little bit harder to measure that and figure out exactly how much you add toward your gallon of liquid. But just knowing that you can like account a little bit for that in your overall intake. So as far as daily water intake, think a liter and a half to two liters. The next tip for hydrating is herbal tea. Hot herbal tea is not hydrating. Remember that. It doesn't really dehydrate you the way that like caffeine beverages do and the way that like Gatorade and stuff does, but it's not hydrating. So it's just neutral in a way. Um, And it does have a lot of healing benefits because many herbal teas do, but just remember it's in the middle. It's not dehydrating and it's not hydrating, but you can make herbal teas hydrating. And to do this, you would want to put your tea bags or whatever fresh herb leaves you're using and put that in a jar of water and just leave it on your countertop and let it steep for six to eight hours, something like that. Um, and then you can stick that in the fridge and it and then it becomes a hydrating beverage. So you just wouldn't steep the herbal teas in hot water. You're going to steep it in room temperature water, essentially, and it's just going to steep over a longer period of time. And then you can refrigerate that and have a refreshing drink. So herbal teas can be hydrating as long as they're not brewed hot. And then the last thing I'll say is water drinking contests, they're never a good idea. You're going to drink way too much water in a single sitting and it's just going to, you're going to drink yourself to death. It is too much water for your system at one time to try to do something like that. Don't do that. It can be really dangerous. Um, And so sticking to the one and a half to two liters of water daily while incorporating all those other things that I suggested is like kind of the sweet spot. And you can play around with that a little bit. You know, maybe your personal sweet spot is to have two and a half liters daily and then you have one fresh juice and lots of fresh fruits and veggies. Every person's going to be slightly different, but now you kind of have a little bit of a better range to go off of.
And so to wrap things up, in order for your body to stay healthy and to preserve your health for the long term, staying hydrated is an important aspect of that. We may brush it off thinking it's not a big deal, but this is something that takes care of our heart health for later in life. It takes care of our brain health. So there's so many reasons why you would wanna pay close attention to your hydration level and the things that could be quietly dehydrating you in the background. And if you think you might be dealing with chronic dehydration, or even if you just think you may have thick blood from just eating a high fat, high protein diet, and you kind of want some help on to figure out how to lower that intake down to improve your health, I'd love to work with you one-on-one. So feel free to send me an email at tdnutritioncoaching at gmail.com. And as always, thanks for listening.